0: Man, with this atmosphere of expectation, you know, we know God is, you know, expectation is the breeding ground for miracles, so... There We can be expecting miracles, signs, and wonders just to be following God's Word today. And so we're so excited. You know, uh, Dad Hagen, he would often say, you got to be excited about the Word in in order for it to work for you. And and I can tell there's more than a few excited people in this room here this morning. And so I just want want to start by saying, Pastor Gwen, just thank you so much for having us here today. What an honor and privilege it is. We just appreciate your friendship and your partnership and, uh, you know... Uh, you need it's an atmosphere of faith and and it's more caught than taught right the the life of faith really truly is more caught than taught and so we're just so thankful that there's a church like this where where it's being it's being caught right and so we want to do our part and so we're we're there is a school like this where it will be it will be caught as well the the spirit of faith will be caught and so we're excited about what God's doing there and, uh, and yeah, I just want to introduce someone very important also before I start. This person has just been uh, one of my best friends. They have been amazing and they have helped me so often. They have given me advice and, and wise counsel so many times and, uh, and they they have uh, never never left me or forsaken me they have they have um, been there for me even though I may have failed them at times they have never failed me I'd like to say that uh, I brought them here but actually they were here before I was here and actually I'm talking about the Holy Spirit today. (laughs) you thought I was gonna go somewhere else with that didn't you Uh, okay let me introduce my beautiful wife as well would you stand up lovey go ahead and stand up for a minute Uh, yes give her a big hand she deserves a hand she does deserve a hand yes she does because uh she is a real life superhero in the house today and uh any other moms can can agree and and dads should agree as well it's true she's the real she moms are the are the real superheroes hey cj uncle cj hey let's give cj a hand too he's a good friend of mine Thanks for being here, buddy. So we call Uncle Uncle Shije. that's a whole nother story, but I'm so glad to have you here. Uh, CJ. And also, Miss Donna. Would, you, would Can we give a hand to Miss Donna here as well? Just ask her to be here. She's a mighty prayer warrior. She's also on the prayer team at KCM. And as well, she will be one of the students at KCM. So we're very excited. She has been very patient. And, uh, and anyways, let's start with prayer. And, and Father, we just thank you, God. We thank you uh, for the Holy Spirit. Uh, we thank you that his presence is here. Uh, we we would say welcome Holy Spirit but but we know that you never do leave us, you never do forsake us that you always are with us and you're always for us and so God we're more acknowledging your presence here, Spirit of God and we're thanking you for it, we ask you to do today what only you can do and just as Joe said uh, prepare a rhema word for each one of us tailor your word today that, that we would hear what you have to say God we thank you that we have ears to hear eyes to hear, soft hearts to receive from you, thank you that we're filled with your love today and that your love never fails and neither does your word. It goes out and accomplishes exactly what it was sent to do. So Father, we thank you for that this morning in advance and we give you all the praise and glory for it too. In Jesus name, amen. Amen. Well, uh, how many of you have received a promise from God? Lots of people have received a promise from If you've received salvation, then you've received a promise from God, right? And uh, And if not, you're in the right place today. And we'll have an opportunity for that later as well. But but I just want to uh, talk about when I was a little guy, I, I received a promise from God. You know, uh, this... This beautiful book right here is full of promises, right? It's full of promises from God. And, and I received the promise of salvation at a very young age. Actually, I was I was only four years old when I received Jesus in my heart. I remember it vividly, kneeling down by my bedside with my mom and praying and receiving Jesus. And I was so excited about God. You know, I, I remember pouring over my picture Bible. And I, and I loved reading about all my heroes. I loved to read about, you know, Abraham and Moses. and and Joshua and David and Daniel and Paul and Peter. And and I I knew that's how life was supposed to be. I knew that's how I was supposed to be. And I was so excited about God. I would proselytize all my hockey friends. (laughs) People stopped wanting to come over because I would try to talk about Jesus every time. And, and I didn't mind. That didn't even bug me even a little bit because I just loved God. I remember a fire in my heart for God. And, and, and I was so excited to hear from him. I expected to hear from him. You know, as it says in Romans eight fourteen, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. And, and as a young man, as a boy, I had that childlike faith. And I believed to hear from God and i believe to be led from him and i did hear from him i remember sitting in my dad's color supreme uh... various shades of beige and uh... and i remember sitting there on back then you could get away with it it was probably illegal but i i i could still get away with sitting on the console and so and so i had no seatbelt on and and i remember my dad's big strong arm around me this arm and then he was steering the car with his other arm and then I remember on the radio, there was a, a, a Jewish Messianic preacher, David Hawking, came on the radio. And, he, and uh, he started preaching. And my dad went to change the station because he'd already listened to that message the, earlier in the morning. And I said, no. And this, I, was, I was six years old at the time. And I said, no, dad, don't change the station because I was expecting to hear from God. I was expecting to hear from God. And I did. I remember, it wasn't audible words, but I remember turning to my dad after the message and saying, Dad, God told me that I will be a preacher one day. He told me I will be a preacher one day. And I remember my dad kept that in his heart. He didn't talk about it much. But then much later in my life, we talked about it. And, and I kept it in my heart. I believed it with all my heart. And I had faith. I did have faith as a young child. And, and, and I did have faith. And I was so expectant to, to be a preacher one day. But then the pressures of life started to come right the pressures of life started to come peer pressure as i was a teenager and i and i started to to care so much more about what people thought what people said and different pressures about what am i going to do in life and i and i listened to a lie which was you know everything happens for a reason and and you know good or bad whatever it is it's all because god's sovereign and he's beyond our ways we just have to assume it's good But that's a lie. But that was a lie. And I listened to that lie. And so I, I, a little bit, you know, I didn't understand how to get to the promise of God. God had given me a promise, a call on my life as a little boy. But I felt that it would kind of just hit me in the head like a ripe apple off a tree, right? I would kind of just go with the flow. But you know, how many know the flow often goes downhill? Right, And I was, I was in this downhill process, and I don't even need to get into all the details. I'm sure you can imagine and it was probably worse than that, and it wasn't good. And I thought I was like maybe Jesus at the party, and I would tell people about Jesus at the party. But I was the most dissatisfied person because I believed there was a God. I had faith, right? I believed there was a God, but I didn't follow him, and I didn't understand about following him. Okay, and so then I had, I, I found the message of faith, and it changed the entire trajectory of my life. It changed everything for me, and because I started to learn faith is not just a one-off, right? It's not just one decision. Walking by faith is very daily, right? And that's, that can be part of the hardship of it, but that is also what's so good about it, because it's walking and talking with God on a daily basis, and so I started to realize that I could hear his voice better when I walked and talked with him daily. And so it changed everything for me. I started to walk by faith. I started to, to understand a few things about God. And I started to go to church a lot more because I hadn't been doing that very much. And so I started going to every church that I could go to. And uh, there was one particular church. It was called Word in Action Church. And that was a very important church for me because there was a very important person there, a very beautiful person. (laughs) I still remember exactly the pencil skirt she was wearing. And she greeted me, so I came around three times to introduce myself. She greeted me three times. I made an appointment for the last appointment of the day at her dental clinic, and so our first date cost four thousand and five dollars, five dollars for coffee afterwards. Uh, I forgot that we hadn't had dinner, uh, but but we we uh, ended up dating. And so, but there were two problems. Okay, one problem was she spoke in tongues, and so I was like, okay, I'm gonna fix this. I need to. I will study God's word, and I will help her see the truth, and so I, I started to read God's word like I hadn't for a long time, and I read in Corinthians there, and I read in Acts. I read the book of Acts, and there were two things that stood out to me. Uh, one was that the book of Acts was written to the church after Jesus, right, and that's us. That's, that's still us, right? We're the church after Jesus, uh, in case you're wondering. That is us. Uh, you know that. And then, But the second thing was I never saw any, I couldn't, no matter how hard I looked, I couldn't find anywhere in there where it said the gifts of the Spirit ceased. It never really did say that. Right. And even recently, as I have been studying, as I've been studying, even I'm in, I'm in at university, just about finished a, a, a master's degree in Christian studies. And as I've been studying there, I've found like, you know, the church always believed in the gifts of the spirit. Yeah. They really did. I mean, they started to question it maybe a few hundred, five hundred years ago, a little bit. But even then, the you know, was it a Catholic Church, Eastern Church? Everybody, like we, they believed in the gifts of the Spirit, and that is who we are as a church. So, if there's people that don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit, or there's people that don't believe in raising their hands in worship, that's okay. That's a contemporary form of worship, uh-huh. right? They're trying out. They're trying out a new experimental kind of form of worship, right? But. But actually, we believe, we're we're old-fashioned, we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in speaking in tongues, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the anointing and power of the Holy Ghost to do everything that we do. We believe in that here at Celebration Life Church, and we believe that at KCM. And so... So I needed to learn some of those things, and, and, and I started to learn those things, and, and, and I met my wife, and then but there was a bit of a problem that came up as well, another problem, because I mentioned there was two, right? So one was she spoke in tongues. Well, that problem was solved. The more I studied it, I, I found that it was for me, and I started to believe it, and I remember one day I was jogging to my then-girlfriend's house, and, and I remember I just said, God, I believe it. Your word says it. I believe it. That settles it, and so I believe it. And so I remember, I didn't start speaking in tongues. I started singing in tongues. I started singing in tongues. And you better believe I didn't just jog to her house. I started sprinting, and it was <laughs> uphill too. And I was so excited to tell her I was wrong. <laughs> and so, so that, problem, that problem was solved, okay? But there was another problem, and that was that I had applied for a job because I, I had a, a dream in my heart, Okay. I had a dream in my heart to go to Japan. It wasn't the calling. It wasn't what God had promised in my life when I was only uh, six years old. But it was a dream. And sometimes God lets us do different dreams and that kind of thing. And I had decided, you know, that I want, that was something I had always had a dream about doing. And uh, and so, but I didn't tell her really about it because I I had applied for the job, but I hadn't gotten called. And so who knows, maybe they won't even want me to, to go to Japan, right? I mean. And so why, and we'd only been dating about a month at the time anyways, but then they called me. And so I had to figure that out. So I, so I told her about it and I said, you know, I understand if you don't want to it. We just started dating, but I'm, I'm going to go to Japan because I don't want to resent you for, for having not gone. And this is a dream that I had wanted to do. I'm going to go to Japan. And, and you know what? She said something very interesting. She said, she said, actually, I have peace about you going to Japan for one year. <laughs> but only for one year. Okay? But only for one year. So, so I went to Japan and it was it was wonderful. You know, how many know when you've studied really hard for something? I did a, an English degree for my undergrad and a linguistics minor and I I was um certified to teach English. And so, when you use something that you've you've been training for, that feels good, right, Joe? And so, it's like I felt good doing something I had been training for and doing something that you know, I felt I could be good at and and so um Immediately after starting to work in Japan, the pressure started to come again. There was a pressure that started to come, okay? And that pressure was my boss. He was saying, you know, I remember his name was Soma Sensei. He was uh, about, maybe, he was a very short guy. (laughs) And he he said, Gareto, you are the best teacher in this province. I want you to sign a contract for another year. And so there was a pressure, right? And I started to talk to my friends about it, and and my family, and I, and you know, God bless them uh, with all good intention. They they said things like, "Well, you know, it's hard to 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 find your calling in life, and you found something that you love, and and you know, you can always find another girl, and you know, like you know." And so there was a pressure, right? Like I had no job, or no job prospects when I went home. And I had a great job there with the JET program, a really Cadillac program, treated me really well. And they wanted me to start working with the university more. And it was like, yeah, you could see your, your whole future, right? And who, who likes to sometimes, like, I, you know, I'm a firstborn. I like to have a little bit of sense of control over things <laughs> a little bit, right? I like that. And so, so you know, I, I had a pressure, right? And so I call Susie up and and I tell her, you know, babe, I'm, I'm thinking about staying for another year. And she says to me, well, yeah, you can. You can do that, but we won't be together. So then I had a real pressure, really had something to think about. Right? And I remember kind of agonizing over it and, and saying, God, God, you know, I, 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 want to, I want to do the right thing. What should I do? I need to know what to do. And, and you know I have no job. I just have, like, a girlfriend if I go back home. That's it. And, you know, girlfriend's like, how am I supposed to take her on a date if I don't even have a job? right? And so I was praying about it. And I remember one night I woke up in the middle of the night on my futon on the tatami mat. I sat up straight and it wasn't an audible voice, but I got four words so distinctly in my heart and they were, go home, get married. <laughs> <laughs> and so I woke up the next day and I said, God, was, was that the chicken karage last night? Or was that you? But the more I thought about it, the more I realized the truth that it was the Holy Spirit. And we, we've talked about this a little bit this morning. And actually, it's been great to see that, you know, I did hear from the Lord. Because this message, how he just ties everything together, it's so wonderful how he does that, right? And this uh, this uh, verse out of Colossians 3, in the I like it in the Amplified. That's why I'm reading it off of my phone here. It says, and I, you know, I would love, I, I, I didn't... Um, I didn't ask for the words to be up on the screen cuz I wanted you to get your eyeballs just on your on your on your Bible here but you might have it in your phone as well. I've got both and and so turn there if you will to Colossians 3:15 and uh, I like it in the amplified it says in the amplified it says let the peace of Christ the inner calm of one who walks daily with him. One who walks daily with him. When when I was When I was a teenager, I wasn't walking with him. I wasn't walking by faith. And I didn't understand how faith works, right? Faith, we we don't have faith to get things. We don't have faith to get healed, to to get prosperity. Although those things come by faith, we have faith because faith, we walk by faith because faith pleases God. We are people of faith. So everything we do, everything we say, we want to please God. So we walk by faith. And it also just so happens that that's very, very necessary because that's how we receive the promises of God as well, right? And so including the promise of his call on our life. And that's what all the other promises are important for too. Because when we're, when we have things like if we, if we don't have good health or if we have, we don't have enough to get by, uh, then we're, we, it's very, it's much more tempting to become inward focused with all the problems of life. How are we really even supposed to uh, do sort of the purpose of our life, which he has called us to when we have all these distractions, right? And so it's really important to to learn how faith works. And so I started to learn that. And so I, I learned one of the things about it is that the Holy Spirit's voice often sounds like peace, Right, And so that verse says, let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of one who walks daily with him, be the controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling questions that arise. And I, I, it didn't make any sense logically, not that God has to, because sometimes it makes a lot of sense, and sometimes there are open doors and that kind of thing, but that is not how the Holy Spirit always leads. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. But you have a peace. Yeah. It's not a feeling. It's kind of like if you could describe it like a smooth, you know, velvety kind of, ah. <laughs> right? Like if it makes you like, oh, I don't know, that's not good. Amen. It's but we need to spend, like Joe said earlier, spend time with him so we can sense the peace of God and which direction that peace is leading us. And so, and there was another thing that I had learned. I started learning the message of faith, uh, Word in Action Church. Where I met Susie, they taught about that, and I, I had started learning some things. And I'm gonna um, just share with you one other thing uh, about uh, being led at the fa- about l- being led by faith. At the time, I have here a prop that I brought. <laughs> you know, uh, God, God put this in my heart here. G- Joe asked me if I Joe asked me if I practiced this at all. I I, I, I know he's quite nervous. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how to feel about that actually i don't know if you should be holding that's kind of like having an apple on your head it's dangerous buddy i don't i don't i don't know if you should do that but okay so um... i'm just gonna if you wouldn't mind i'm just gonna put the mic down for a moment here because i don't want to hurt joe um, but can you hear me can you hear me Yeah. Oh, okay okay this could be awkward. actually joe could you come and stand on this side so they can okay. see Because I, I hold it like this okay so don't go too far buddy come a little closer Okay, come a little closer, okay, so 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 God, God I was talking to God and preparing for this message, and he really put this on my heart. He dropped this on my heart, this image of, um you know, I've been reading um, um, Christian in, in Pilgrim's Progress. It's such a great book and 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 I had this image of a Christian Christian in Pilgrim's Progress. He doesn't have a bow and arrow, but but this image that I got was um, it was of a Christian who was was holding a bow and arrow like this, and God spoke to me about it that, that the arrow is our faith, right? So do I have faith? Yes. I do, right? Yes. And so he gave me this image, and it was an arrow that um, was notched to, to the bow, and it was drawn like this, right? And the Christian was like this, and they were going, God, why am I not hitting the target? Why am I not, why am I not receiving the promises of God? I have faith. You know I have faith. I believe in you. Why am I not, why am I not hitting the target? And of course, Joe, he's a hunter, so maybe he can help us out. Joe, why am I not hitting the target right now? Hey, let's say, release my faith. Let's say, I need to release my faith. I need to release my faith. Okay. I did it. (laughs) Thank you very much. Okay, so, so you know, um, Joe, you didn't have to be so concerned. I, I hit the target. <laughs> eh, it wasn't, wasn't that hard. But actually, incidentally, I will say that it helps to start, you know, with all the aspects of our life. Like, lots of times, all of a sudden, we want to have faith when there's some big target that's, like, way off, you know, like 70-yard target. But we haven't even started having faith in our daily walk with God as we spend time with Him. And so it, faith is like a muscle. You build it. Just like praying in tongues, you can grow in that. You don't have to just stick with that same, what God gave you that first time. You can continue to believe him for more and grow in that. And so, so I realized that faith is, it needs to be released. And really faith is released in two ways. Um, Brother Copeland would teach on this. and And really it's actually one way. It's the ABCs of faith. Faith is released by our words and by our actions. Yeah. Right? And really words are actions too. So it's by our actions, right? Faith is an action. Faith is a response. Faith needs to be released, right? That's how faith works. So when I was a teenager, I had faith, right? Like I believed there was a God. But my actions were not lining up with my faith at all. I was not Jesus at the party. That doesn't work like that. That's not how faith works. That's not how the life of faith works, okay? We need to take steps and walk by faith. It's the faith life, a life of faith. Okay, and so um, I needed to make a decision. But I'll, I'll, I want to really today we're going to focus a little bit on Paul. How many? How many think Paul was? Um, you know, he was a good preacher. He was a good missionary. He was a good apostle, right? He was a good writer. He wrote a third of the of the New Testament, right? Or, or and he and he, I mean, if anyone heard, "Well done, good and faithful servant," when they got to heaven, it was probably Paul. Right. And so we're going to look at Paul, for an example, because he had a revelation of of being led and by walking by faith. So we're going to go to Acts and uh, and turn to Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 14. OK. Chapter 14. And everyone say, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. For, the for the book of Acts. And so chapter 14. Verse eight, 9, 10. Okay, and Paul's over there in Lystra with Barnabas, right? And and Paul, it says, and when um, it says, and in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. So this guy had never walked in his life. Okay, this man heard Paul speaking. He heard Paul speaking. So Paul's speaking God words. Okay. Right. And we know what happens when we hear God's word. Right. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that's how faith comes. Okay. So this man heard Paul speaking and Paul observing him intently seeing that he had faith to be healed. Okay. So did this man have faith? He did, right? Paul could see it. I mean, he had so much faith that you could see it. He could see it. But did he have his healing? Had he walked yet? No. No, Because he needed to release his faith. Okay, so in the next verse there, uh, it says, so... Uh, Paul, uh, excuse me, verse nine. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice. Sometimes we gotta use a loud voice. That's okay, you know. That's okay. It's okay to use a loud voice. Actually, a lot of times it helps. And so he said with a loud voice, "Stand up!" Oh, I'm so glad I'm in a place that I, it's okay for me to have a loud voice. Oh, I would, I would rein it in. I would rein it in. But I can tell this is a place I can have a loud voice. And KCM Canada is a place. uh, KCBC will be a place where we can have a loud voice. Right? And so, so he said in a loud voice, Stand up on your feet. And he leapt and walked. Come on, somebody needs to stand up right now. Somebody needs to shout right now. Somebody needs to release their faith right now. Hallelujah. And we are receiving the promises of God. And we thank you, God, that we receive every single one of your promises. That we don't miss a one of them, God, because we release our faith today. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Give him some praise. Give him some praise. Hallelujah. you <laughs> Oh, boy, you you are great listeners. Did I tell you that? Okay, go ahead. Have a seat. And so I needed to release my faith, okay? So when I was in Japan there. I had faith. I, I believed there was a God, but I needed to start being led by him. I was, you know, I was living my dream, but I wasn't really following my calling that I knew, right? I knew better. Just like, I, even worse, I knew better when I was at those parties as a teenager. And that's why I never felt good about it. And you know, you can kind of quiet down that voice the less you listen to it, yeah. but you're not gonna feel you're leading a purposeful life, right? You're gonna feel you're not gonna get satisfaction. The more of those things, none of them bring satisfaction. So, anyways, I kind of started to learn better. So I decided, okay, you know what I'm gonna do? I am going to release my faith. I'm going to take action. I am going to I'm going to let my boss know that I'm not going to be signing up for another year. I'm going to buy a ticket. I am going to physically go back home to where I have no job, but I have a girlfriend. <laughs> but I, I knew I had peace about it. So I knew that was the voice of God. And so I went home. And within eight months, I will tell you, I got to have my cake and eat it too because I was married. I had a job teaching English. I had many Japanese students as well as Korean students, Brazilian students, and Mexican students. So God is faithful. God is above all things faithful. And so if we follow his voice in our life, that's what's best. Not always what is easiest because there are pressures. The pressures will come. But I'm here to tell you today that the promise is greater than the pressure. I said, the promise is greater than the pressure. And so I went home and and I ended up getting married and, uh, and that was great. And I started to actually walk by faith and release my faith through my actions, through what I did and what I said. And I grew in that, and so you know, how many know it's hard to steer a car that's not moving. So we gotta take a step of faith. So we, so I signed up at seminary, and I, I, I was in school at Trinity Western University, and uh, and that you know that was good, and and uh, but I remember one day, and I did about, I did not about, I did ten classes. So it's quite a few classes in, in seminary where you know, and so it was just over half of the degree, the the master's degree in Christian studies, and so I did that, and. Um, And my wife came to me one day and she said, babe, I think we should be in Bible school together. And I said, get behind me. I am in seminary. Why would I go to Bible college? We have spent a lot of money, a lot of bandwidth, a lot of effort, a lot of time. It kind of doesn't make sense that we need to be in Bible college together at this time in my life. However, and uh, Joe mentioned a little bit about this earlier. Joe and I both know the Holy Spirit often sounds like a good wife. Right? Right? Am I right? And, and a good husband too. But, but I want to say, man, when Susie talks, I listen. So even though my first response wasn't the best, I, I was like, okay. But I thought about it. And I kept taking my classes, and I thought about it some more. And then I prayed about it. And, and eventually, it took me longer, but I got there, and I realized she was right. So then I'm like, okay, good. We will go to a Bible college, a destination Bible po- college. I really like surfing, okay? Uh, so we're going to go to Hillsong. Or, you know what, let's let's stay in a castle. Let's go to Cape and Ray over in Britain. Or uh, how about YWAM? Like, my family's mostly from Holland, and my grandmother's... Uh, First Nations, Indigenous, but but a but lot of my family's from Holland, so let's live in Holland with YWAM, or Spain, where her family's from, but every one of those was a closed door or no peace, and so then I, okay, well, I like skiing a lot, let's go to, you know, let's go to uh, Bible College at Cherish Bible College I, in Denver, right, I, I'm trying to find, you know, something here, and then, okay, well, what about, um I like hiking, you know, I like the Redwood Cedars in, uh, in, in Reading, let's go to Bethel Bible College, and None of those were the right place for us to be. You know where the right place for us to be was? The definition of the middle of nowhere, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. <laughs> it was the place, the one place we were trying to uh, avoid with, with, because, because her, her dad went there, her mom went there, her, her brother-in-law, our brother-in-law went there, sister-in-law went there, and it's like, oh, we're going to go somewhere different. We're going to do our own thing. But no, that was the place that we needed to be. How many know the best place for you to be is exactly where God wants you to be? One time I was praying about it, and I was like, "God, I want to live in Texas. That's the Bible. That's the buckle on the Bible belt." And and I and I have children now. I want to live in Texas where it's safe. And God said, "You know where's the safest place for you to be? Where I asked you to be, where I told you to be, and that's why I am where I am." And so, so anyways, um, I just. Uh, <laughs> I uh, got a little on a rabbit trail there, but, but, uh, but a treasure trail. But I have to say, I have to say that um, it, was the, it was the third best choice of my life to be at Rama Bible College in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, being a married man and following Jesus with all my heart, of course. And, and, and at that time, we didn't have kids yet. So it was the third best choice of my life. It was a, a wealthy place for us. Um, but you want to know something very interesting? Pressures. Still still came up there were still pressures that came up and there and we we served in um you know how many know it's it's not easier to learn about something by doing something oftentimes so we we served in the areas we wanted to learn and we couldn't work we're not allowed to work we had a student visa so it couldn't work so but it was our wealthy place and and, and we served in areas like um i wanted to beef up my my uh, admin skills so we served in the office there susie was like miles ahead of me She looked very happy whenever we served there. Um, And and I was happy too, sometimes by choice. Uh, But but then we also served in prayer and healing school. We wanted to learn more about prayer and healing school. And we we learned so much, right? Um, But there was was a pressure that came up, okay? But before we get to that, I want to go over back to Paul in Acts, okay? Because Paul, let's turn to chapter... Twenty-three, Chapter 23, in your Bibles, and verse 11, in verse 11 of chapter 23, it says, in verse 11, it says, But the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul. For as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, So you must also bear witness in Rome. Okay, so Paul, this right here, this is a promise from God. He would be in Rome. He would testify in Rome, okay? He received a promise from God. I mean, how exciting, right? And you know what happened directly after that? He went to jail (laughs) for two years. So he got a promise from God, and then he was wearing an orange jumpsuit. How many have been there before where you feel like you heard from God, you got all excited, you're ready to go, you're ready to receive it, you heard from God, just like I heard from God when I was a little guy. I'm going to be a preacher. And I heard that from God, and I was all excited. But then the pressure came up. The pressure came up. The pressure came up. We are not denying the presence of the pressure. We are simply emphasizing the power of the promise. We are emphasizing the power of the promise because, in other words, do not let the pressure get you out of position. Amen. We, can, we can delay the plan of God in our life because we are allowing the pressure to get us out of position. And sometimes there's really hard pressure. Sometimes there's pressure like temptation pressure, right? I mean, Jesus, speaking of promises, Jesus gave a promise, right? He said, in this life you will have, he said, trouble, Right? Jesus said it. It's in red. So you can you can try to interpret it however you want, but he said it. So you can expect it. Of course, he also went on to say, you know, but be of good cheer because I have overcome. We have the victory, but many times God's got to take us through the pressure. The pressure's not coming from God, but it's kind of like this. I mean, how many think that Jesus did it right? Right? And, and was Jesus led by the devil into the wilderness? No, he wasn't, right? He was led by the Spirit of God into the wilderness. And he was obedient to go there. A lot of times we were like, whoa, that must not be God. That seems too challenging. (laughs) Right? Like we got three boys and we got one in the oven. Oh, that's challenging. Did you know children are a blessing of the Lord? Right? And so lots of times we want to feel like we want to avoid whatever is challenging. But that's not God's best for us. He cares too much about us to leave us comfortable. Right? He, he, he doesn't, he cares more about our character than our comfort, <laughs> right? And so sometimes you gotta, we gotta go through the challenges, right? And, and Jesus, who was he tempted by? When he was in the wilderness, he was tempted by the devil, right? It was the devil, right? Those pressures, there is an enemy, like how many times as Christians, we're like, oh, I got to go. There's pressure. Oh, I got to go through my house and, and check every door. What door have I left open? There's some sort of door. It must be a door. No, there's a devil. That's right. And the devil would try to stop you. The devil would try to steal, kill, and destroy from your life. And he would try to get you off of your purpose, outside of your place. Yeah. But he cannot stop you. Amen. I said he cannot stop you. He cannot stop you. As long as you stay in position and do not allow the pressure to get you out of position, okay. And so I I needed to to, to learn that because uh, when we when we went to um, when we went to uh, to Rama, we we're all excited. We we were accepted to go there. Uh, and and it was actually the day before we were leaving we planned a three-week trip we we're gonna drive through you know glacier glacial National Park and and we were really looking we, we chartered out this uh, route that was very uh, we would just enjoy exploring on the way down and then the day before we left we found out my brother had cancer like stage four cancer like a the size of a cat all through his body I and mean, how many believe there was some pressure there yeah. like I can't leave my brother, right? How would that make him feel, right? Like obviously, I have to. And It's not even a question. I have to stay, take care of my brother, right? And and uh, and so we stayed an extra couple, few weeks, and 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 we prayed about it and we talked about it. And but the more we prayed about it and talked about it, we just we didn't have peace about staying. And and how would that? How much would that hurt my parents? How much would that hurt my brother, right? But God. God, you know, we're not led by circumstances. Right. We're not led by feelings, right? Feelings come and go. Many of us wouldn't be here right now if we had just been led by our feelings. Right. right? We wouldn't have gotten out of bed in the morning if we were just led by our feelings sometimes, sometimes, right? Cuz it feels, you know, you know like brother uh, pillow and sister blanket are pretty uh, comfortable friends sometimes right so we want to fellowship with them instead of being at church but but everybody you know just do this for a moment just say good job me i didn't let the pressure keep me out of position okay i didn't let the pressure let keep me out of position i'm in my i'm where i'm supposed to be right we're supposed to be here right and so so um, you know, we ended up going to Rama anyways, and I remember we we were in Salt. We took like four days to get there, which is you know you can maybe do it in three. Uh, but uh, we we stayed in Salt Lake City, Utah, and we were in a tent. And I remember my wife saying to me in the in the dark in the tent, "Babe, uh, if you want to go back, because I was just really really bugging me," and she said, "If you want to go back, we can go back. We can turn around tomorrow morning. We can go back home and take care of your brother," and. And uh, so that really meant so much to me that she said that. But I still didn't have peace about leaving. Still did not have peace uh, about going back home. Still had peace about going to Bible college. And I remember we got there and the dean of the school, uh, it was orientation week. And he was speaking to hundreds of students, maybe a thousand students almost, a thousand people anyways. And he was, he was speaking to them and he, he finished his message and then he was walking off the stage. And he stopped like this. And he turned around and he said, there is someone here. The Holy Spirit is giving me a word that there is someone here that you thought that you should stay home to take care of someone. And the Holy Spirit wants you to know that he sees that you were faithful to do the thing that he called you to do. And that he will put people in their life to minister to them on your behalf. And that he will minister to them on your behalf. And I started ugly crying. Because I knew that message was for me. Probably for some other people too, but it was definitely for me. And you know, want to know something? People came out of the woodworks to visit my brother and to take care of him. My mom, God bless her, she she almost never left him. But but you know who ministered, the most important person that ministered to him? The person of the Holy Spirit. And he is cancer free. He He has lived... He has lived in Japan now for seven years. He's an adjunct professor there, and and uh, they don't let you live in Japan if you have bad health. They don't want that to be a part of their healthcare system. So he he's doing great, and he's loving living in Japan. Okay, but we had that pressure that came up. Okay, so Paul had a pressure too, right? He was in jail. But then he got out of jail, right? So now good. He's gonna ship go to Rome. The promise that God had put on his heart is now coming to pass, right? Wrong. There was a storm. There was a storm that came up. That's why I even like what was shared this morning, that testimony. The pressure tries to come up in life, right? But we're not denying the presence of the pressure. We are simply emphasizing the power of the promise. And so we need to release our faith. We need to walk by faith, right? When it doesn't feel like it. You know, I I, I like what Mark Hankins says. He says, there's no such thing as unchallenged faith. It's not faith if it's not challenged right and so so paul uh, over there in, in chapter 27 how does he respond well i think you're you're kind of catching where i'm going with this cuz he responds in in chapter 27 verse 22 right in verse 22 he says what does he he says notice that i said he says Right? That's why Mark 11:23 is so important. He says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, does not doubt in his heart, those things will be done. He will have whatever he says. Right? We need, faith is an action. We need to release our faith. Right? So Paul says, Paul says, And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those things, those who will sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. When we face the pressures of life, that is not the time to get fearful and silent. Okay, fear will try to come along. That's a pressure. Fear is a spirit. You can sense the spirit of fear trying to come on you. Like when I found out my brother had cancer. Right? And many, many other times in my life. I remember one time a witch told me, you're going to find out what fear is all about. And I said, no, I'm not. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Perfect love casts out all fear. I had to speak up. I said, you know what? You can be free from fear, too. And you know what? She said, okay, yeah. I said, do you want that? She said, yeah, I just need to use the bathroom. I'll come back. And then I never saw her. But she could have been set free, too. None of us are too far. And Paul, he released his faith here, and we needed to release our faith, and we needed to take action. And, and, and other pressures came up as we were as we were at Rama. you know, then it's time to come home. And it's like, okay, God, what should we do? And I remember Doug Jones, he was over all the graduating students, and uh, he had thought of us because there was a guy, um, John Osteen. He was a guy that apprenticed under John Osteen. Holestine's dad and and, and uh, he had a church called the Ark Church in Texas and we love Texas like I mentioned earlier oh God this must be you I, I see barbecue in my future and I got all excited about it and um, and he said he wanted to uh, introduce us to this guy and kind of connect us like an opportunity you know hard to steer a car that's not moving you think we've got to take a step and go and do the interview but we no we had learned as we served in prayer and Healing school, and, and as we trained people, before we had a team, we had a team of 42 people, and we interviewed every one of them, and we would train them before school. And then we would have a message, we would train them, and we do prayer and healing school. And then uh, Leon Sosby, so many times she would do the same message. You know why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and doing the word of God. And so Leon Sosby, I can still remember her voice. She would say, you know him. He lives in you. Right? John 14, 17. Spirit of God. You know him. You know him. And we knew him. And we knew he was telling us, no, no, you're not supposed to go to Texas. You're supposed to go to Vancouver. And then there was another pressure not, that came up. All, and there's the pressure of, like, how's it going to, what are we going to do when we get to Vancouver? So, oh, well, this other idea actually sounds kind of good. You know, kind of like when they sent spies to check out the land a little bit. Like, sometimes that's not wise if you already know. <laughs> right? <laughs> right so 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 oh there's this other option over here oh, okay well let's just check it out just trying to walk by faith you know try it on but we already knew and the other option was um these guys uh they were from china they were looking for someone to uh, it needed to be a couple to pastor expats and uh so that i lo- you know as i mentioned i really enjoy different cultures so that seems sounds good right sounds like god but we know him. He lives in us. We knew that wasn't him. So we went back. We moved back to uh, Vancouver. And and people, man, sometimes the pressure comes from the ones we love the most. It's from the devil. It's not from them, right? We don't fight against flesh and blood. But sometimes the ones we love, God bless them. They're trying to be helpful. But they're like, why did you move back here? You know, you spent your whole nest egg to go to, to and Now you're never going to get a place. And now you're doing the same jobs you did before you left. Like, why did you do that? <laughs> it's like, well, you know. <laughs> I got a word from God, right? Sometimes the, sometimes the Holy Spirit sounds a lot like God's word, right? And, and really, actually, uh, God really comforted me a lot there. He gave me a word, which was, you know, follow me. Because I was like, God, how, what am I supposed to do? How am I going to, you know my heart. I want to be a fisher of men. I'm supposed to be a preacher. How am I going to do that? And so God, God's like, hey, no, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. When you don't know what to do, just follow him with all of your heart. You know, all these other things will be added unto you. And so, you know, incidentally, uh, someone who was—actually, he was the director of KCM at the time, Dave Stiles. Uh, our, uh, Susie's family knew him, and he recommended uh, he recommended um, Coastal Church. And so we ended up going there. You know what Pastor Dave's first message, the key verse was? Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. How many times does the Holy Spirit take a message, and there's something—maybe, you know, you're talking to someone, and they're like, I didn't hear that at all. And it's like, oh, that was a rhema word for you. Right? And so... So, anyways, we started going to Coastal Church. We started serving. We know we, it's good to serve. We know that, right? So we do that. And, and then they wanted us to help start a, a campus. And and um, But they, they forgot to invite us to the meeting where they were planning for that. And so so when we found out about it, there was no more positions left except for uh, serving in Children's Church. And But that was great because we always had in our heart to be in ministry together. So we served in Children's Church. One thing led to another. Ended up getting called in and, and um, being offered a job and, 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 and became the small groups minister at Coastal Church where I worked for five years. And it was one. And, and there was tons of pressure, but it was wonderful. And pressures came up, but, you know, small groups grew from 117 to over 230 small groups. And God moved as we co-labored with him and one another. And it was amazing to see that. And more pressures ended up coming up, kind of like with Paul too, right? Because he had that, you know, he went from prison to a storm to Rome to a shipwreck, right? And then that's a really good point. And I'm about to get to that, but I can't yet because you know where he went from his shipwreck to being bit by a snake. He got bit by a snake. I mean, how many have felt like you've had a a couple months like that, right? Or a week like that or a year like that, right? Prison, storm, shipwreck, bit by a snake. Don't you think it might be a bit tempting to be like, God, am I really in your will? Is this God's perfect will for me? We are not denying the presence of the pressure. We are simply emphasizing today the power of the promise. Okay? And so, you know, different things came up for Paul, but exactly right. Let's just turn there, actually. Let's go to chapter 28. And let's just look at this verse 16. Chapter 28. Verse 16, okay? And it says there in verse 16, Now, when we came to Rome, when we came to Rome, and I'm just going to pause there. It took them years. It took them Five chapters. But he got to Rome. And incidentally, uh, when he got to Rome, he was under house arrest. God's best doesn't always sound like God's best to the world. But you know what he did in Rome? He wrote the prison epistles, right? He wrote Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, Philemon. How many like the Ephesians prayer? How many like out of Philippians, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. How many amazing verses? Think about what Paul had to go through to be able to pen those books, those letters. And I just wonder this morning, how many here this morning have an Ephesians on the inside of them? How many of us here this morning have a colossians on the a philippians a philemon on the inside of them and the enemy is coming along like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour trying to do what he does same old do- dog no new tricks just trying to steal kill and destroy and get us off the path of god. Yeah. We need to hold fast to the promise of god not allow the pressure to get us out of position. We don't want to get a delay. And even Paul, he wasn't, he wasn't. you know, sometimes things happen. You know, when Paul ended up in prison, I don't believe that that was because he missed it. In fact, uh, even sometimes we get advice that's right advice, but not, it's like, it is um, true, but it's not, it's correct, but it's not true, right? Like, like someone, even the people that love us so much, we can't just rely on their advice. God often sounds like wise counsel, for sure. Spirit of God sounds like wise counsel. but, But, you know, like Paul, people told him, don't go to Rome because you're going to get imprisoned. And they were half right. Like he did get in prison, right? Yeah. But he knew by the Spirit of God where his position was supposed to be. And we can all know that we know that we know where we're supposed to be. And I'm just going to, I'm going to close here. Uh, I just needed to encourage someone here this morning. More than one. Don't let the pressure of life get you out of position. God has a promise that he's put on your heart. You're supposed to be in your place. And when you don't know what to do, just seek him with all of your heart. Seek him. Turn to his face. He's he's there. He's open to you. He's ready to move. Many times we feel like, God, God, why don't you speak to me? And God's saying, my child, I'm speaking when we're out of position it's hard to hear and so we got to be in position we got to be in the word we got to be in church we got to be in with friends godly friends and so i'm going to just i need to I, there's um. So how many people here know Brother Hagin? I know this is a place that people know Brother Hagin, right? He wrote some of my favorite books. He wrote, um, for example, uh, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God. Oh man, that changed the entire trajectory of my life. He wrote Believer's Authority changed my life. I recommend those books. And then there's this a little bit less popular book here. Must Christians Suffer? <laughs> I haven't heard a lot of people talking about this book but it has also been written by dot hagen and I read it recently and it's a very good book Um, I wanna say just here I'm gonna read this one part here it says what happens to many people when trials and tests come they say I don't know what is going to happen to me I've tried my best God knows but then they know the Word of God when they know the Word of God but when they know the Word of God they'll Look the trials and tests in the face and say, glory to God, hallelujah. Here's another opportunity to live by faith, to prove God. Here's another opportunity to prove the Bible is true. How many are glad that we are not the performers, but that we're the believers? God is the performer. God is faithful. We miss it, but our job is to just stick with the promises of God, to walk by faith. Why? Faith pleases God you're not going wrong at the end of the day you're not gonna oh, okay well that didn't work I'm in heaven now and God's like whoa well, you shouldn't have been trying to use your faith you're really believing me for a lot of things there right <laughs> no that's not God right <laughs> faith pleases God you can't go wrong with faith your faith can't be too big you know you gotta you gotta you gotta aim at those targets and you gotta start small and keep keep growing and you gotta Release, that's right, you gotta release your faith. And the more you do it, like well let, let me I don't want to steal that Higgins Thunder here. <laughs> Smith Wigglesworth said, Great faith comes out of great tests. We read faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Of course, you can believe what God's Word has promised you, but great faith doesn't just come by feeding on God's word. Great faith doesn't just come by hearing he said cassette tapes, but you know podcasts. The potential of great faith comes by hearing. But the great faith itself comes when you put what you have heard into practice. You see, faith is a force. To build up faith muscles, you have to use your faith against something. You don't build up muscles in your body just by reading books on building muscles. Do you? No, it's when you put into practice what you read and start lifting weights that the muscles begin bulging out. Some folks have read all my books, but they don't have a muscle yet. They've listened to every tape. But if all their faith were dynamite, it wouldn't be enough to blow their noses. (laughs) You've got to put the force of faith against that test. That's the reason that after a while, when we grow a little bit, we begin to thank God for the tests. Great faith comes out of great tests. Wigglesworth also said great victories come out of great battles. I know Jesus potentially won the victory for over over uh, for us over the devil. Part of that has to do with us too, but he he did win the victory. But you've still got battles to fight, dear friends. There is no army that ever won a great victory without having a battle. There is no boxer who ever became a great heavyweight champion of the world who didn't fight somebody, you didn't ha- who didn't have a great battle. You learn that great victories come out of great battles, and when you do, you can praise the Lord in the middle of the test. Hallelujah. You already know the outcomes. You know you are going to overcome. Overcoming faith belongs to us. It's ours. So I was just here to encourage somebody today. If you have a promise, which you, every one of us does, hold fast to the promises of God. He's faithful. Yes, he don't get out of position. We're not denying the presence of the pressure. That's where people miss it. They miss the faith, the, 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 the idea of walking by faith, the truth of walking by faith because of the pressure. Well, don't let the pressures keep you from your position today. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327, or you can write to us at